It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, December 12th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The Sitka Planning Commission approved a draft of the plan at a meeting on Wednesday and is sending it to the Assembly for review. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Next year, the city will likely see another uptick in tourism, with more than half a million visitors expected to cruise to Sitka. In response, the Planning Commission is recommending the city stay the course with the main downtown thoroughfare, Lincoln Street, closing the road on days with 5,000 or more cruise passengers. They're also recommending safety improvements to Harbor Drive, like more pedestrian crossings and signage and crossing guards. And they want alternate locations considered for the three temporary restrooms that were parked downtown all summer. In a survey conducted at the end of this summer, tour buses, traffic safety and congestion topped Sitkin's lists of concerns. Most cruise passengers arrive in downtown Sitka via shuttle from the privately owned cruise terminal out Halibut Point Road. And terminal owner Chris McGraw wants to cut back on the congestion at the main drop-off, Harrigan Centennial Hall, by adding another drop-off point downtown. At a recent assembly meeting, he said that Baranoff Elementary School might work as a secondary location. Commissioner Katie Riley felt the commission should oppose the school as a drop-off point in their plan. I'm really not supportive of like that particular facility being used because that is a street that like, uh, you know, people live on. There's a bunch of kids that play on that street. There's the playground that's used for kids. There's Pacific High that's building a school in there. I think that we need to be supportive of, um, you know, maintaining the uh, environment of Sitka as for residents, as for, you know, supporting our children and youth that are growing up in this community that are going to live here. Riley agreed that dispersal of the passengers is a major issue, but she wanted other locations to be considered as alternate drop-off points. And Commission member Wendy Alderson agreed. I agree 100 percent. And I think those diesel idling old buses um, that will be pulling through there and idling, and it's just we're already a no-idle zone in the schools. So that just exacerbates that problem. But Commission Chair Chris Spivey pushed back. I'm not going to I'm not going to lean one way or the other on that one. As far as disbursement, disbursement is is the biggest issue that, in my opinion, we need to be open minded and focus on. Because that's become the biggest problem that we've seen just this summer alone is is the disbursement issue. And so I don't want to say I'm not going to lean one way or the other, but I think we need to remain open-minded as far as, especially during the extremely busy portions of the summer. Unable to reach a consensus, the commission didn't amend their plan to oppose a drop-off at Baranoff Elementary School. But Planning Director Amy Ainsley said that if the cruise terminal pursued the school further, there would be a more involved public process. The use of city property through a lease, which you know, any, anything like this would, would require a lease of the property is going to have a separate public process. Mm-hmm. Um, the planning commission in its land management responsibility would be reviewing a, a potential lease. And, and again, with it being, again, in, in theory, being tied to tourism would be extra pertinent to make sure that it goes through this commission and then discussed it at the assembly as well. Ainsley said if a private location was identified, the city's involvement would be less, but the police chief would still have to approve any new bus stops on local streets. 
The Planning Commission approved its draft plan for 2023 with few changes. The Sitka Assembly must vote on the plan before any change could take effect. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. A rocket loaded with a cluster of communications satellites lifted off from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida Thursday at 1.27 Alaska time. They're part of OneWeb's efforts to create a worldwide network of low Earth orbit, or LEO, satellites, which could be a game changer for some of Alaska's most isolated communities with little or no internet access. KNBA's Rhonda McBride reports. Do you want us five, four, three... Two, one. These launches are not so unusual anymore. SpaceX has about one a week. But what is unusual is the payload. Engine start and liftoff. Liftoff of SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket carrying 40 internet satellites into orbit for OneWeb. Beautiful launch at sunset here from Kennedy Space Center. The Falcon 9 carried OneWeb's largest number of satellites ever for one launch, which will help the company grow its constellation of LEO satellites to about 500. Katie Dowd represents OneWeb's North America operations, and as she toured Launchpad 39A before takeoff, she said she was overcome with emotion when she realized it was the same one used to send the first men to the moon. Gives you chills, honestly, just imagining how many incredible groundbreaking moments have transpired here. And then you get to look at the rocket as it's standing up vertically, knowing our satellites are at the top. Each is about the size of a washing machine. Think about the satellites as ornaments you might hang on your Christmas tree. So we start at the bottom and you hang satellites around the tree and then you continue to hang them next to one another around the whole circle until you get to the top. SpaceX, which is also building a LEO network for its Starlink company, is kind of in competition with OneWeb, but they serve different markets. While Starlink caters to consumers, OneWeb serves internet providers like ACS, which has already utilized OneWeb's network to bring broadband service to the southwest Alaska communities of Akiak and the lower Yukon. Today's launch will allow us to not only strengthen the service we're delivering in communities like Akiak, but also expand coverage and provide services to more communities like that across the U.S. and around the world. Chris Cropley, who oversees the Clinkett and Haida Council's broadband program, is excited about OneWeb's expansion. He says it puts yet another tool in the toolbox to serve tribal communities. He says he's a big fan of fiber optic cable, but it's just not the silver bullet. It's going to take more billions of dollars than, than are in the entire federal budget to bring fiber to everybody, where with satellites, they can bring broadband to the world. Cropley says even so, it's going to take a combination of companies like GCI, which provides fiber optic cable service throughout Alaska, along with LEO networks to meet all the needs, because Southeast Alaska is geographically one of the most challenging places in the country to provide broadband. If you had one restaurant in town, no matter how good it was, it's not going to serve everyone. Not necessarily having your anniversary dinner at McDonald's, but if you got a football team to feed, McDonald's is hard to beat. So it brings much-needed competition, diversity, and options. For rural Alaskans, Leo Networks can potentially provide internet access on boats or moose hunting camps, even on airplanes. 
OneWeb says it hopes to launch a mobile service next year. In Anchorage, I'm Rhonda McBride. The city of Craig is taking its first step toward innovating its public library. KRBD's Regan Miller reports. Putting out a call for an analysis of Craig's library is the first step in improving the library, either with renovations or a whole new building. Brian Templin is Craig's city administrator. So the first thing that we need to do is do a spatial analysis of the programs and the features that the library wants to have in it. And then we'll start a discussion on whether we can renovate the existing library to accommodate that or whether uh, new construction is, is needed. The library is just one facility in Craig getting improvements. The local cemetery is short on graves, so a 30-year expansion plan was developed. There's ongoing work surrounding a potential harbor expansion. Prior to the pandemic, the city was looking at developing a skate park in town and also purchased the old cannery site downtown. The library analysis is funded by a $15,000 grant from the Rasmussen Foundation. The city will accept bids on the project until December 16th. City officials say they're prioritizing bids from firms that have experience with small libraries, especially those in southeast Alaska. Templin says the city has conducted a series of surveys over the past decade to find out what residents want from their library, and it's a long list. And the strategic plan in those surveys include any number of uses from fairly typical library uses, right, like the the collection of books and videos and those things, uh, program space for reading programs and story time, that sort of thing, uh, having both children's and adult uh, space in the library for reading and activities. The analysis will be the first of many steps. Templin says after it's done, which he hopes is by February, it'll be time to look at the next steps. Then we would hire an architect to start some building designs, whether it's renovation designs or new construction designs, once once we've determined whether it's a renovation at the existing site or, or new construction at a new site. If the analysis finds that a new library is needed, Templin says there are a few potential locations, like downtown's cannery site or nearby Crab Creek. But Templin says that's a ways down the road. To be honest, we haven't really started looking seriously or making a list of the places that a new library might go in until we decide whether or not the new library is the direction that we want to go. Craig's library currently provides free Wi-Fi and two public computers. The library is open six days a week. Volunteers sometimes staff up the library for extra hours in the evenings. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather in Sitka for today, Monday, December 12th, 2022. Today, rain and snow, becoming all rain after 9 a.m. High near 41, southeast wind 15 to 20 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 100%. New snow accumulation of less than one inch possible. You're tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Good morning.